Welcome to this next edition of Let's Chew the Gum, the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z while we chew the gum. This episode is the next in a series of episodes on my tour of being a guest on other podcasts. Last week, I was able to be on a podcast with my student, Alfredo, uh, who's working on his master's degree and will soon be a full-time teacher. We discussed the ethnic studies curriculum here in California and the upcoming uh, implementation of that as part of a new law here in California. Um, Next week, we'll continue with part two of that ethnic studies discussion. Um, Also, uh, next week, I'll be guest on the podcast This uh, Time in History with Matthew King out of Canada. For today's episode, I had the pleasure of being a guest on the Iden Active Health Show out of Georgia, where I was asked some personal questions about my life and my health. I was happy to share with the uh, host, and I'm happy to share that episode with you. Without further ado, let's talk about it. Welcome to Let's Chew the Gum. I'm your host, Dr. K. Each time you tune in to Let's Chew the Gum, you can be sure of one thing. We always have something for your mind. for checking out the Out on Active Health Show. Today is a special day. I'm going to be doing a collaboration with Let's Chew the Gum with Doc Kwanda. So uh, let's get ready. Let's go through the introduction. I'm going to get right into the topic. How you doing, Doc Wanda? How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing great. Wonderful. I like that map behind you. You marking off oh. the next uh, your next vacation? No, man. You know, I actually use this map when I'm when I'm teaching. But you know, it's interesting you say that. Um, I have a lot of globes all over my house and and actually all over over my classroom when I teach, man. Because when I was growing up, I was uh, we were poor, man. We didn't take vacations, so. I would uh, use maps and globes to travel. That's how I learned the world. I'd spin a map, a globe around and wherever I tapped it, that's where I was going. So I'd go and research the culture, the country, the food and whatnot. And uh, so I still have a love for maps today. Yeah, that's amazing. And you just visualize and seeing if if you did arrive there. Like it just you could wonder about it. Just seeing it in your head, visualizing it like that's that's powerful. Yeah, man, it, it helped me to travel the world and, and learn, like I said, all about different cultures, man. And, and uh, so I can I can sit and look at maps all day. I, I, I still collect globes, like I said, man. It's, I'm, I'm intrigued by, by that, that type of thing. All right. I want to talk to you today about your media company as well as your podcast, because today we're doing a collaboration. But I want you to tell the audience first who you are, where you're from, and we're going to get into your media company and your show. 
Oh, sure, man. So, yeah, my name is Dr. Tayari Kawanda. I go by Dr. K um, in some circles. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. I have to say that loud and proud, although I live in okay. uh, California now. I'm, I'm a Michigan native, proud Detroit native man. Um, and so, I, but I live in California. Um, that's that's my uh, my background, man, Detroit, all through and through. All right, let's talk about um, uh, your company as well as Let's Chew the Gum on Watch TV. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. So I, I, I started my podcast um, some years back. I'm on season five right now. We just released, uh, just started season five, released a new episode. So Let's Chew the Gum, man, it's a podcast where, you know, my mantra is we talk about everything from A to Z while we chew the gum. And a lot of people often ask, you know, why do we, why, do, why is it called Let's Chew the Gum? And basically, man, uh, I was driving down to the university one day uh, preparing for the, you know, for the lecture and I'm, I was chewing gum. Um, and I like to chew gum. It, you know, it gives me focus. It helps me to regulate my breathing and I can kind of focus in, you know, concentrate. So whether I'm playing sports or whatever, I tend to, you know, engage in that. Anyway, when I started doing my lecture for that evening, I didn't realize I did, had not taken the gum out of my mouth and I'm still chewing. The lecture was going on. And so, you know, the saying is you aren't supposed to chew gum and talk. So about halfway through the lecture, I realized that I'm saying, oh, excuse me. So, I'm, you know, taking out the gum and I'm telling the, 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 the students, you know, I apologize. I forgot I was chewing gum. But they were all like, you know, no, it's okay. They were like, we were into it. The lecture's going well. We don't mind. I said, okay, well then let's chew the gum. I popped it back in and, and started, you know, continuing on. And so that's where the name comes from. So let's chew the gum is sort of like, you know, people will say, let's chew the fat. You know, it just means let's talk. And so that's what we do, man. So it's been great, man. The podcast, I, I started it just as a way to communicate with with uh, individuals, man, um, about various topics. Um Sometimes there'd be a topic I, I can't necessarily discuss at the high school level, or maybe I didn't get a chance to discuss it at the university or, or whatever. It could be a current event. So it's a variety talk show type of podcast. You know, we have shows about uh, the history of music. We have other types of art, um, politics, um, uh, current events, um, issues that people uh, face in school. So there's a variety of, of topics. I'm always inviting uh, listeners and uh, audience members to you know send in topics that they may want to hear about or if they want to be a guest on the show. So that's been going pretty well, man. I'm 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 loving it, man. The the response from all over the world has been great, man. So like I said, we just started season five. I think that's about the sixty something episode. And so that's doing that's been going pretty well, man. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I know you got to be consistent with that going into season five, all those topics. But yeah, sometimes you got to talk about things. That's the only way you're going to learn, um, bring in like new content or just hear somebody else's perspective. So I think that's amazing talking about the wide variety of issues that you do talk about on Let's Chew the Gum. And yeah, I, yeah. I love the way you came up with that name. Just out in the school, forgot you was chewing it. Your students stay in mind. So then you like, I guess I don't mind either. That's let's right. chew the let's, gum. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. Let's, uh, what about your um on watch tv oh man on watch tv is, is a, a streaming service on roku and amazon fire tv um again on watch tv hopefully you have roku and, and amazon fire tv we just expanded to another platform called vita which is in another 168 countries 
and and it's a uh, it's a new company for me, man. It it um, actually started. I don't want to say haphazardly, but it wasn't something that I was looking to do. What happened was during the uh, pandemic, uh, when it first hit 2020, you know, I, I was teaching seniors in high school, and I had uh, other students that were going to graduate with their master's degree at the university. But it, it started with my seniors, so um, school was ending. It was it was done. It was over with. And you know, they were kind of sad, as you can imagine. Their high school just careers at, a, at an end. You know, no prom, no graduation is over. And during the last days, you know, I, I was telling them, I said, you know, I'll, I'll do something for you to, you know, try to, you know, bring some light to your senior year to make it special. And my students would always ask me to freestyle rap, man, because I, I grew up in that in that era and that genre. I would always freestyle yeah. across the country battle rap. So they would, you know, they heard that I did that. And so I told them, I said, okay, I'll, I'll do a freestyle for you. Because all year I wouldn't do it. I stopped you know, freestyling, because sometimes you say bad words, but uh, I decided I was going to do that. And so um, a day or so went by, I ended up doing a freestyle rap for them. But while I was, while I was doing it, or after I did it, I realized, I said, man, um, it's not just my seniors that are not graduating. It's all the seniors in the city, in the state, and I'm like the country, the world, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it's not just seniors in high school, you know, eighth grade graduations, um, even kindergartners. You know, they have the graduation. They don't know so much about it, but the parents, you know, prepare for that day. Um, and I started thinking about, you know, students at the university at, at various levels, people in 12-step programs, all types of people graduating. And I thought, man, I want to expand this thing. Maybe there's something I can do um, for others. So I started I, I, out of my sleep one night, the, the phrase Instagram came up in my mind, Instagram, because they instantly graduated. It's over, Instagram, you know? So I, I started a program called Instagram 2020 to celebrate the 2020 graduates who would not have the opportunity to cross the stage. And um, I started um, uh, selling merchandise to raise money. I was gonna do scholarships for them. So I'm t-shirts, mugs, blankets, just about anything that I could put Instagram logo on, uh, Instagram 2020 logo, on, I, I sold to raise money for scholarships. And then I, I uh, started an event where, um, I think it started in May, where I did a mock graduation. I put on my doctoral regalia cap and gown and, and the whole nine. I invited people from across the country to um, send in names of graduates. And I was gonna you know, shout them out online on Facebook Live, Instagram Live. That'd be you know, just a little thing that, for people to get together. And I got a great response, man, from people all across the country and around the world. So we had that event. I put on the, you know, the pomp and circumstance, which is the graduation music you hear, and uh, started shouting out people's names. Um, gave away gifts and prizes that night: food certificates, gift certificates, some merchandise, T-shirts. And um, then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this every month for the whole year on the 20th. So every month on the 20th of the month, we had some event. You know, we did. Um, like I said, giveaways. We had games where people got on and played games. We had a, a costume competition for, for Halloween. We had different themes each month and I was always shouting out new graduates. Um, if students saw me in town in my truck with the Instagram logo, because I got the magnet on, on the truck, they saw me and they were graduate, they got a t-shirt. So I always carried around a trunk uh, full of t-shirts of all sizes with the Instagram. And, and so they'd see me, they got a free t-shirt. You know, we take pictures and put them up on the Instagram page for Instagram 2020. And man, it was just a way to give back, man, to bring a little bit of light to everybody during that 2020 year. It was devastating for a lot of people. And uh, yeah, we did it all year, man. Ended up giving away seven scholarships at the end of the end of the year. 
um, gave away so much. And like I said, gift cards, food cards, no matter what city it was in, I found some people that would partner up with me. And a lot of it came out of my pocket. I think most of it, but that was okay, man. And and people won money and it was, it was a lot of fun, man. We had a, a, a breakout room online. So it was, it was good. But anyway, someone heard about it and um, they offered me to put the Instagram, um, we make the documentary at the end of the year to put that on television. And then I was offered to an opportunity to have my own TV channel. And so um, that was in 2020. And so I, I thought, you know, pretty interesting, not something I was thinking about, but I, I went for it. So I, you know, went through all the process of, of you know, paying the, the fees and the, the startup and all that. Um, and I actually had the channel for about a year before I put anything on it. Because for me, it was like, you know, a responsibility, you know, just like teaching. If I'm in front of an audience, I'm responsible for the information I put out and the direction and the, you know, the way that I inspire people or, or not inspire, but, but the information I put out, I'm, I'm, I'm responsible. So I had that same approach about the television channel. Like, you know, what am I going to put on there? What are people going to see? You know, who's going to watch? You know, what information do I want to put out? And so I made up my mind. I, I thought, you know, OK, I, I, I know some people with content. And I, I only had two parameters, man, and they, they still remain. The only thing you won't see on On Watch TV, you won't see ratchetness, man, whatever that means to anyone. Right. You know, it's not going to be twerking and, and dropping and low and all that. That's all fine and whatnot. You know, do your thing, people, wherever you are. But there's a lot of channels where you can see that. I was just like, that's just not what I, I want on my channel. And you're not going to see anybody demeaning other cultures. right? That was important to me. You don't have to put down somebody else to lift yourself up. Other than that, man, it's, it's pretty wide open. So on the channel, we have a variety of content from documentaries to films to shorts to lifestyle. We got nice videos of drone shots. Just, you know, you may be going up the coast or whatever. Um, there are some opportunities I've made for students who are film students who uh, it's their very first film, very first project. And it's a way for me to be able to give back and allow people to have an opportunity to be on television who normally wouldn't be or couldn't be, whether it's because they couldn't afford it, they never imagined that they could, or maybe they don't want to deal with the Hollywood types. So it's, it's been pretty good, man. It's still growing. Um, there's a lot more to come for the, on the channel. Um, and so when I did that, I decided, man, I have this channel. I need to, you know, be a little bit more involved. So I went and enrolled, re-enrolled in, in film school, man, just to, because I want to know, you know, the various aspects of this business. So I enrolled in the NYU film school program, um, went out and invested in, in camera equipment and, and learned about, you know, cameras and audio and whatnot. So now it's a full service production company where, you know, we go out and film, you know, items for other folks. And sometimes we film and it's not, it doesn't go on the channel, but it helps to support the channel. Um, and then we produce our own our own uh, projects for the channel as well. Man. I'm going to so, let's hold on for a second. I don't want this to go over that. The head of my audience so I, I like what you did so you started with something out the kindness of your heart then it resulted in another opportunity an opportunity yeah. you didn't expect or you wasn't trying to get and then also you didn't know what you were doing but you didn't stop you just continue to grind and then you went to school to learn it more and just gain that knowledge so you can be better at that craft and now you're yep. giving back and bringing the people on who you taught or just students who need to find an opening because sometimes it's hard to get that chance. So I, yeah. I, I just wanted to <laughs> explain, elaborate on that. that. That's amazing. No, I, I, no, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, man, it, it is amazing, man. And that's just, that's sort of the way I approach life, man. Anytime 
you know, whether I've been in, in different programs to get various degrees in college or whatnot, it's always been about, you know, bringing along as many people as I could and helping others along the way, which which helps me. That inspires me, man. So any anything I'm involved in, I'm always looking out for for other folks, man. You know, I've been, you know, at the I don't want to say the bottom, but, you know, growing up uh, in Detroit and then South Central Los Angeles, man, I ended up being homeless in high school, having to to go through that struggle. So I've been impoverished. I, I, I know what it's like to, you know, have good intentions to be intelligent, um, but not have a break, but not have an outlet, man. So I'm always cognizant of that. Oh, yeah, I was looking into that when you said uh, you dropped out a little bit. You, I mean, you're homeless, not dropped out. But he also worked at a nightclub. Oh, yeah, you did some right? research. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Tell yeah. me about that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, man. So when I was homeless in high school, man, I... um. Hell, I was homeless. I, I, I slept where I could sleep on a, on a couch here, a couch there, sometimes on a bus, you know, wash up in gas stations. Sometimes I'm staying at some friend's house if I can or some woman's house, God forbid, you know, whatever I needed to do to survive. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, trying to make it. And I found out that, that there was this club that I, you know, that didn't really check for IDs when they hired people. They just needed people to work. And, you know, I was 17, but I, I kind of looked older. I definitely carried myself older. Um, and so I ended up getting this job at a nightclub as a bar back, you know, you're prepping the bar and, you know, serving tables, busting tables, whatever you had to do. Um, and that's what I did, man. I, I worked in this nightclub. I played football um, until I couldn't anymore. And I went to school. And, uh, you know, that that whole experience taught me a lot, man. It, it forced me to grow up, you know, even before then, being 15, leaving Detroit and coming to Los Angeles and having to look out for mother and sister. Um, but it taught me a lot about, you know, handling business, being responsible and, and uh, you know, taking care of myself and others. But um, I was going to say with that whole experience in the nightclub, man, it was it was it was rough. Not the nightclub itself, but but the homelessness that went along with it. So my, my schedule pretty much was and I've told folks this before. I go to school from from eight o'clock to three o'clock football practice from three thirty to five thirty nightclub from six o'clock till, you know, closes at two, but we wouldn't get off till maybe three, three fifteen for because we we're cleaning up after everything. Then back to school at eight o'clock. So that was my cycle every day, man. And so you can see there's not much wiggle room. There's not yeah. much time for rest. And I'm dealing with homelessness and being a teenager trying to discover myself and life or whatever. I used to fall asleep, man, every day, every day in first period, I was falling asleep, man. And it was a physics physics class. I wasn't having time to, to study and, and whatnot. But the thing that bothered me about it was the way some people approached me or looked at me. Some people looked at me and, and the narrative was I was I was lazy. Um, I didn't care. Um, I was apathetic, didn't care about school. Just another statistic, lazy inner city black kid. You know, but you can see again from the story I explained to you that that wasn't the case. You know, I, I'm here despite my life, homelessness, the temptation to, to, to drugs and gangs and all that, you know, you find in inner cities, I'm still there showing up. But nobody ever asked me, you know, was I okay? They just made that assumption, man. So to, to that end, if I, if I could jump ahead, I, I don't mind going back talking about any of the stories, but to that end, um, recently, just last fall, I started a nonprofit um, called SCORE, which stands for Securing Communities of Racial Equity. And it's all about intervening in communities where the dangers and the ills of racism kind of spring up. 
whether that's you know intracultural or or intercultural racism, um, about training and talking to people, resolving issues, um, so that we can have better communities. But one of the things I did with that was started a scholarship for struggling students, um, because you know I was struggling at the time, and most students that struggle in high school with bad GPAs, they they never. I don't want to say they never, but it's usually they don't have an opportunity for scholarships. They get overlooked like I was overlooked. I was a smart kid, man. I, I read at a 12th grade level when I was in the fourth grade. I was pretty smart. But my circumstances, you know, were such that, you know, this was what they were. So my GPA was dropping. Right. So I'm very capable, very knowledgeable, probably could run circles around all these other kids when it came to re living real life or just, you know, achieving academically. Right. But I didn't get that recognition. So I noticed in my classes, in the high school classes, when scholarships are announced, a lot of kids don't even look up because they know they don't qualify. Right. But I see them as capable and I know that they can do it. So this scholarship I started is an incentive scholarship, an engagement and an incentive scholarship. First of all, you have to have a no, wait for it. Let me get a drum roll. <laughs> you have to have a. You have to have a 1.5 GPA to qualify, 1.5 or lower, or lower. Oh, wow. So we're talking about students with D plus and students that are failing, right? And you know, when I first told it to a few of my colleagues at the university, high school, whatever, they they thought I was rewarding failure. You know, why are you gonna give students who are failing, you know, money and scholarships, right? And I'm thinking, you know, the students with 3.0s and 4.0s, that's great. They they should be recognized, but they're always the ones that are targeted for scholarships. But then um, I did here. Oh, before you continue, so with that 1.5, are you trying to like look for those students that are maybe are um, it's because of their environment, family issues, money issues, or because they're time management? So now you're trying to get them incentive to um, get some extra, well, get that scholarship so they can uh, at least have an opportunity. You get it. That's exactly right. The idea is to say, hey, I see you, I recognize you, and I understand that. You know, a lot of people will associate bad grades with bad behavior. And I'm, I'm like, that's not that's not necessarily it. It's just just the things you said. It could be their environment, upbringing, things beyond their control. But they're still kids. So the idea is to hey, say, hey, you can enter this scholarship. There are nine ways you can enter. Right. You, you know, everybody doesn't write essays well. So, you know, you can write an essay, but you can also do a, a podcast uh, episode. You can do a, a community action event an original song or spoken word, um, original film, short film. Um, there are a couple of other ways you can get in and you answer a prompt. I think this year's prompt was how can teaching and or learning about black history be beneficial for everyone, right? So they do that, they win scholarship, they get half of it right there. The other half they get at the end of the year, if they have no Fs. Right. So that's the engagement is, hey, you see me, you recognize me. I'm going for this money. But now I see I can do it. Right. I'm recognized for what I did. And at the end of the year, you know, now I have no more F's. I got the rest of the money that helps me in my situation or my family. And now that I know that I can do it, I have that evidence. I have that confidence. Now, I'm hopefully the idea is that they move on and they come back the next school year with that same understanding that despite my situations, despite my depression, despite all the naysayers, I did something, I accomplished something, I was recognized and rewarded, and I'm going to continue on, right? So that's that's the idea behind that scholarship. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Like I, I read it from a book, a study where so they had a classroom of students. 
You had maybe like four kids who had like straight A's the previous year and another four who was below average. So they all gave them a test. But everyone, but the scores got mixed up. So the ones who had below average, they got the score of uh, 100. And the ones who were really smart got below average. But since they thought they were smart, they they felt like they had to keep that momentum. Like now they had something to strive for. So I'm like, yeah, it's all about momentum. So like you're saying, like if you give them that money, the incentive, and now they see they can measure themselves. Oh, I, I can actually do this. And yeah, also the money incentive. Absolutely. You know, there's other studies like that where um, students, teachers were given a list of students, a group of students, and the teachers were told which students were uh, um, excelling academically and which ones were not, right? But the students that the teachers thought were the academic excellent ones were actually the ones who struggled. But what the study showed is that the teachers spent more time, engaged more, and invested more in those students that they thought had the propensity for academic excellence. And so these were the regular basic low-level students, but the attention and the interventions they got from the teacher helped those students to propel, man. So, you know, it, it's a lot about engagement, man. You know, my, my, my uh, doctorate degree is in um, uh, educational leadership for uh, social justice. And a lot of that, uh, a lot of components of that revolve around how we engage students or you know, the relationships we have in the classroom, um, how we make our classroom spaces that are open for everyone and, and, and how we influence our staff and colleagues and, and school districts, et cetera, to make schools a, a place where it's accessible for everyone, for, for, for all students, man. So I'm, I'm always here for that. I'm always, you know, my, my compass, my, my guide um, is always about, you know, student engagement and, and developing communities um, and, and, and tackling those problems that would limit you know, the advancement or the potential that our students and communities have. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Like, like you, just, you have to assess it and so, so they can grow. Like, it's all about giving value to other people, even if they can't see it within themselves. Like, Absolutely. I'm all for personal development. That's what I take pride in, trying to help people in that aspect. Because yeah, you, you can't Absolutely. outgrow yourself. Sorry, what are you saying? No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying personal development like really important to me so that's i think that's amazing what you're doing because you can't outgrow yourself what the, the work you're willing to put in yeah absolutely man so you know it, it gives it gives me purpose man and, and it, it's not something you know it's, it's something that I've, I've just always been about man i think that was you know born into me even as a child you know i was in fifth grade i was i made my money by being the tutor in the neighborhood, you know, I got to go around and tutor kids, I make my $5 a week. That was a lot, you know, for, you know, nine and 10 year old, you know, back in the day. Um, but it, it's always been about that. And, and I think that comes from, you know, my family and my, my parents, man, were always service oriented, you know, it's, it was never just enough for you, for, for you, you know, and I, I even in the way that I vote, you know, I'm always looking and thinking, you know, how does this help students? Because um, if students are doing all right, you know, I, I'm secure in, in, whatever the future might be, you know, we, we don't know what happens in the future, but if students are doing okay, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better about that. And I'm also looking at my neighbors, man. If, if I'm, you know, just all about me, you know, I'm, I'm a target, you know, if my neighbors aren't doing well, you know, then I'm, this is a, a threat to me in, in my personal space. But if your neighbors are doing well, man, what reason do they have to have issues, you know, with you? Or what reasons do you have to have issues in your community? 
And so a lot of this, you know, ideas of community development is about looking out for other people, making sure they're okay. You know, especially those that that don't have the know-how to do for themselves or haven't had the experience of, you know, having evidence that the what they thought was impossible can happen. And so again, that same philosophy comes through in my teaching, my podcast, the television channel. It's it's um just who I am. Uh, quick question: uh, What yeah. do you see your podcast as well as your television channel in five years? Like, well, what are your goals for that? You know what, man. It, I've always said, um, you know, as, as much as I am uh, loving what I do with the television channel and the podcast, I don't think it's from a standpoint of being ambitious. Like, you know, I want to be, you know, making this much money or in this many countries. It's, it's really about, you know, what other people can gain from it. As, as long as it's, it's assisting others, you know, I, I may, you know, have, <laughs> I don't know how many viewers, but it's really about who it reaches. I'm not about so much what it reaches, but who does it reach? Who does it help? You know, if, if it's up to me, obviously, you know, I want to be I want it to be relevant. I want it to be successful in terms of that it exists. You know, money. Um, there's no figure I have in this many years with the channel to make this money. They always have been from a, a place where, you know, if you put in good work, you do the work. Money's going to come. That money is the byproduct for me. It's never been like the motivation. Of course, we need money to, to do this, that or the other to manipulate and navigate in this particular society. Right. But just like with teaching, I've always said, man, if I could do it for free, I would because I love it that much. It's just what I what I what I do. And it's the same with the channel. I hope it is successful. I hope it makes millions of dollars because that means there's more people that I can help. You know, that's more. That means that that is it's doing what it's supposed to do. You know, with the podcast, it's really just about having a voice and, again, a space and an opportunity. I hope they are massively successful financially. That just means that there's more people that I can help. If they're around and it's not a financial success, it's still a success for me, you know, because it's an idea that came up. It's something that has been sustained. And no matter what, that's something that I did. And with the help of a lot of people, nobody does anything by themselves, but it's something that was done, right? It wasn't an idea that you thought about and said, oh, I wonder, you know, what it could be. You know, I never want to have that aspect. Like, I wonder what would have happened. So just the fact of having an idea, putting some effort into it and making it happen. No one can measure that success. You know, that's sort of a, an intrinsic reward for me. Oh, that's me. I agree. I agree. Like, for, just for myself, my show, I just want to measure it and how much value I can give to people. Like, um, give motivating them, inspiring them, and making them want to change for the better of themselves. Yeah, I also, that. so I want to get into. I like to do a little round for the I don't I don't uh, active health show, a little lightning round. So I'm gonna ask you like four questions. So my first question is, what is your purpose in this life? In your opinion. My purpose in this life, man, really is to to serve others, you know, f f first and foremost, family, man, but to serve others. That, that's how that's how I see it, to serve others. OK, OK, I respect that. All right. My second question. So I ask these questions because I'm a health coach and I just. It's kind of health oriented. So purpose is like I feel like spiritually you got to have like something or you just fall for anything. If you don't have that thing, that's going to keep you aligned with your goal. So that's why I actually that. My second question is, what are some ways you uh, 
lower your anxiety because sometimes the world might get in the way, COVID, everything, then our stress levels go up. Like, what are some things you do to lower that so you can be attuned with yourself? You know what? I was just telling a group of students earlier, they were kind of stressed out and I was sharing with them, you know, I, I do a lot of meditation, man. You know, um, even within when I have just a few minutes, I, I, I've come to a point where I can just shut it down, you know, get some control over my respiratory system, over my breathing, you know, and, and uh, you know, sort of have what some people might call an out-of-body experience. I'm here physically, but my mind, I might be on an island, there's a cool breeze, and I'm just within myself. Sometimes I'm compartmentalizing. I'm unpacking everything that I have to do because it can be overwhelming. There's a lot. And so I'm, if I'm thinking about everything constantly, you know, I'm, I'm overindulged, right, and overwhelmed. So I just, you know, process. So a lot of mental, mental breaks throughout the day. I'll take, you know, three, four, five, six, you know, quick power naps throughout the day. It, sometimes, like I said, just could be a couple of minutes. I might be at the stoplight. It could be just for a few seconds. So I tend to do that, man. And, and uh, so I, I, that that's the way that I, I you know, avoid stress. And, and then, you know, having some hobbies, engaging in, in, in different hobbies, man, and and really just understanding. I, I have a, people will ask how you're doing and I'll tell people, you know, I'm always saying I'm all right. You know, right now I have this little injury I had because I slipped at work, but I'm still all right. And what I mean by that is things could always be better, right? We, it could always be better. More money, more this, more that, better this, better that. But then things can always be worse. And I've had some bad situations in life, whether, you know, loss of family or being shot or shot at or, you know, just whatever, homelessness. So it could always be better, right? It could always be worse. And I'm right here in the middle, so I'm, I'm good right there where I, where I am. I'm breathing. I, I'm alive. That means I have an opportunity. So that's where I'm at. You know, that's that's an amazing answer. I like to meditate myself. I like to tell my audience meditate or just be grateful. Like if your anxiety is up, you're going through bad, you should be grateful. Like think about what you do have or what you have accomplished. So now it just minimizes it. Or like you said, your thought of the at the beach, because like now our body's in a situation, but our thought is somewhere else. So now our body is just going to our we're going to try to connect with it. Yeah. Choke a line closer. So my third question. So this is about the body. So what are some workouts you like to do to simulate your mind and your body, such as working, lifting weights, playing basketball, jogging? Yeah. yeah. So I like to get a big plate of food and I, I work I work <laughs> out one, two, three, four. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, man, you know, I, I love all those things. I'm very conscious that that the body needs to be exercised, man. And you know, to be honest, I'm not as active as I once was. Um but I, I, I'm definitely appreciating it. And, and, you know, so, but I do like to, I like to go for walks. I like to go for brisk walks. Um, I do like to run. I never like to run for the sake of running. You know, even at high school, someone said, just let's go running. I'm like, you know, for what, you know, but, but play football. I'll play all day running up and down the yeah. field, basketball up and down the court, but just for the sake of running, man, even in the military, that was a struggle for me. I, you know, got through it and can do it. But yeah, I'm definitely cognizant, man, of that. I'm glad you brought that up because now I, I have a note to self to say, hey, man, get back <laughs> in gear, you know, exercise that, you know, you want to stay as, as healthy as possible. You know, I've had this thing over the past few years, and, and there's a reason I'm answering it that way. Um, I've attempted various workout regimens and plans and whatnot. I mean, I've I had some injuries, you know, been banged up a little bit to where I've had to modify. So. You know, my son is actually a certified uh, trainer 
And so he's always, you know, in my ear, you know, giving me information about the body and the way things work. He's phenomenal, man. Um, aside from being a classically trained pianist, um, you know, so I look to him for a lot of that guidance, man. He's a he's a good dude, too. Um, so. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go home today and put a plan into effect. And then you be sure to follow up with me to make sure I follow through on this. Oh, physical yeah. fitness. Of course, of course. That's, that's what I do best, especially in the yeah. military. I do that with all my coworkers. Breathing, exercising, it's helping them with their nutrition, um, their workouts, all of it. But all right, my last question is: um, What are some foods you like to eat to stimulate your mind and your body? Like things that give you energy rather than take away energy. Because sometimes, mm -hmm. like if we're eating soul food, we'll go to sleep because it's taking energy oh, yeah. from you. So now oh, you're yeah. knocked out. Yeah. You know, man, I like to I, I, I like to run lean. I, you know, I don't like to eat heavy breakfasts, man. So in the, in the morning when I get up, you know, I like to get, you know, some juice. Like I, I need some fruit um, in the morning and, and maybe some grains, you know, sustain that sustain you through the day, like some some whole um, you know oatmeal, whole whole foods, things like that. So that's that's sort of my morning routine. You know, if I eat too much of certain, you know, things in the morning, I'm, I'm slow and I'm sluggish. So very light in the morning. Um, and then I, I, I pretty much, man, I'm eating very healthy foods, man. Um, a lot of uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, foods with the essential vitamins, food that have energy. You know, I, I want to get to this point where all the food I eat is alive, you know, because from the living food, it brings life to me. Um, but the thing I focus on the most, man, that's most important to me, like I said, is, is a breakfast that gets me energized. You know, full of vitamins, nutrients, whole grains, and I, I tend to, to sustain myself through that way. I, 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 I got a sweet tooth all the time, and I, I like sweets, man. So, you know, those things stimulate me. They're not the best, though, man. That's that's the thing. So, even with that, you know, I'm I'm trying to do the best I can to make sure. Even you know, if it's something sweet, maybe I I have a handful of raisins instead of the pastry, you know. Um, so I'm I'm glad you asked that too, because now I'm gonna be more cognizant of that as well. Yeah, that's, that's the best way to do it. Like be more conscious of it instead of just letting your subconscious run wild. That's what I try to tell people too when I talk to my clients. Like if they ask me, um, why should I eat whole wheat rather than white? And sometimes I just tell them because it has no fiber in it and it's just bleach and it's not good for you. Like it tastes good because <laughs> it don't have that fiber in it, but you got to look at the pros and the cons and I try to align their goals with it and where they want to be ideally. And if Absolutely. eating this is going to make them reach that goal or the ideal body weight they want to be. Absolutely. Or uh, if they're trying to be an example for someone, you, you want to be doing the right thing so they can see these and they got, they got have the right, um, make the right habits. Yeah. So yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. I'll, I'll link it with you on that too. But yeah, I just want to say thank you for coming on this show this collaboration between us uh, of the Iron Active Health Show. And uh, <clears throat> let's chew the gum. So I appreciate it, Dr. Kwanda. It was amazing. <laughs> I had fun learning about you. We're going to have to talk more about your military experience the next time we collaborate. Oh, man, I got stories among stories. Man. I'm happy <laughs> to come on anytime, man. And, and it was definitely a pleasure to, to be on the show. Can't wait to, you know, um, air this episode on my show and then have you come on so I can flip the table and ask you some some more questions, man. Um, I very much appreciate you. 
Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm very transparent. But, yeah, I want to say thank you to my audience for checking in. And y'all have a great day. I'm, it was a, I'm grateful to have y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, we always have. Oh, yeah.